Steelers, start your engines! Welcome to the one place everybody wants to be. Victory Lane, your source for news, analysis, discussion, interviews, and more from the world of NASCAR. Now, here's your host, Davey Siegel. Welcome back, party people, to the place everybody wants to be. It's Victory Lane. You know that by now. We got a packed show, as always, for you here this week. Kyle Larson flipped. Talladega happened, Chase Elliott won, the NASCAR world is happy, we got spoiler wickers, confiscations, qualifying changes, everything in between. Oh yeah, and plus we have a K&N race this weekend in South Boston, Virginia, and we got the Cup guys in action at Dover along with Xfinity and Trucks makes a return after about a month hiatus. So we will cover it all for you on this show, and we got you Daryl Waltrip, go ahead, get her revved up. Buggity, buggity, buggity! Let's go racing, boys! Geico 500 at Talladega Super Speedway this past Sunday. Honestly, guys, one of the best races of the year. And you might hear me say that a lot. And I, I it's not blowing smoke because there's been some races that are just dogs of a race. I mean, Texas this year was good. But Texas in the past has been not good. And I've been pretty critical of that on my prior Victory Lane feed 1.0 for the OGs. But this was really good. It, it kind of had, like, everything you want in a super speedway race. Uh, not a restrictor plate race. I wrote that in my notes. Tapered spacer. No restrictor plates. It, it had everything, though. They added spoiler wickers to try to lower the speeds because in practice earlier on in the weekend, you saw guys going over 200, going over 201, 202, even breaking 204. So that was kind of crazy to see. Ryan Newman, I think, was one of the fastest guys. So they added a spoiler wicker uh, throughout the weekend to try to lower the speed. And uh, Chase Elliott, he didn't care about that because he, clearly he was one of the fastest cars all day. Chevrolet was one of the fastest teams, and Chase Elliott held off the field as the race ends under caution to win the Geico 500, his and Chevrolet's first win of the season, the fourth of Chase's career, and his first on a super speedway. He talked about it afterwards. You know, last year obviously was good with the three wins. Um, you know, the cool thing about today is how early in the year it is, you know, and those playoff points propelling um, some of those guys to the Final Four. Obviously, you need to win at other places, you know, aside from a speedway, too. But um, a sticker's a sticker, and the playoff points are what they are. And I think it's important to rack them up as early as you can, um, as long as you can keep stacking on top of it, you know. So it's uh, certainly a big deal. Excited about it. And, um, yeah, just nice to get a speedway win. We've, we've been close and had some really fast cars, and, um, Allen's never won one uh, in his 15 years crew chiefing or however many years it's been, so that's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, just looking forward to enjoying it. This is crazy to me. His crew chief, Alan Gustafson, like Chase mentioned, had never won on a super speedway. I mean, he's a veteran. He, he's crew chief for Jeff Gordon. He's crew chief for a lot of big-time drivers in this series for a long time. And to think that a guy like him had never graced victory lane at Talladega or Daytona, it's pretty wild. But Chevrolet... Let's talk about them for a minute. They had a meeting, apparently the morning of this race, to discuss strategy because we've seen at Super Speedways in the past, Ford has worked really well together. Stuart Haas Racing almost got one, two, three, four last fall at Talladega. Toyota's done it in the past. Uh, but the bow ties have never really done it up until this point. And clearly, whatever they discussed in the meeting and 
everyone got on board from JTG to Hendrick to all the other Chevrolet teams, big or small, that were involved in this, I won't say butt whooping because it wasn't that, but when you look at the box score, four of the top five are Chevrolets, and they ended up in victory lane. Whatever they talked about, it worked out swimmingly. Orchestrating it in, in the communication up front and, and laying out the plan was the majority of the hard work. The execution today was just... Uh, you know, staying calm and sticking to our guns and, and, and staying committed to uh, to the cause. And, and fortunately, everybody did that, and, and it worked really, really well. And and the plan went, you know, really pretty much how we laid it out. So um, you don't get those all the time. So uh, we'll certainly take it and, and proud of everybody, uh, you know, at Chevrolet and, and all the Chevrolet team members. And, you know, we've, we needed to win this. We needed to uh, consolidate our efforts, and we needed to uh, – to uh, you know, break the streak that um, one of our rivals has here. Chase's teammate Alex Bowman came home in second place. Ryan Priest third. Joey Logano fourth. He was leading for most of the race and ended up uh, just being in the wrong place at the wrong time uh, as the race was winding down. He got he Chase Elliott, I should say, got a big run behind him, and Logano just fell back. Was able to recover for a top five. And Daniel Hemrick finally shaking those demons of bad luck came home in fifth place. Like I mentioned, those are four Chevys in the top five. You had Kurt Busch, Ryan Newman, Brendan Gone, Brendan Gone finishing eighth place. Eric Amarola and Kyle Busch rounded out the top ten. His tenth top ten to start the season in a row for Kyle Busch, twelfth dating back to last season, and this is the most top tens to start a season since Morgan Shepard did it back 20 years ago in 1999. Uh, Can we talk about Brendan Gone for a second? Uh, as I talk to myself because I'm the only one recording this podcast. Yeah, let's talk about him. So I know it's kind of cliche to say that, oh, do you know how hard it is for a guy who only comes in and races three or four times a year with a team that's underfunded to come out on this super speedway and, and run in the top 10? Like, everybody's saying that, but it's true. Like, that's that's insane. Like, a guy who ran Xfinity full-time for the past couple years, a guy who, let's face it, Brendan Gaughan is the ideal dad body. He is out of shape, like straight up out of shape, even though he played basketball at Georgetown. Wild to think about. Like, Brendan Gaughan's a big dude. If you look at him, you'd be like, oh, yeah, he's not a race car driver. He just sits on his couch, drinks beer, and watches sports all day and is a great businessman with the South Point. And you'd be right about that. But he also can wheel the hell out of a race car. And clearly, he does that whenever he gets behind uh, the Beard Motorsports uh, Chevrolet machine. Eighth place, again, at Talladega. Like, it's it's crazy to me what he's able to do. Corey LaJoy comes home with a career best finish of 11th, former guest on this program, stacking pennies. And a couple big ones happened at the end. Seven laps to go, Chris Buescher, Matt Benedetto, uh, who has a new unofficial nickname of Guido, I guess you can say, if you watched his Twitter video earlier this week. Martin Truex Jr. and Justin Haley, who was making his first cup start on his 20th birthday for Spire Motorsports. They got into it on the back stretch. And then coming to the white flag, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. had a tire issue, slammed the wall. They stayed green, though. Then as they're on the back stretch, Chase Elliott has the field in tow at this point. Um, he's got he's got the field in tow. And then you got Kyle Larson and Jeffrey Earnhardt getting together with William Byron on the back stretch. And Larson went for a ride. Flips. Barrel rolls. It was it was just scary. It was mesmerizing, but it was also breathtaking, and you never want to see a car get off the ground, leave the ground all fours, and barrel roll and flip like that. But thankfully, everybody involved in wrecks all day long, including Mr. Larson, 
was a okay. They were fine, but it made for some crazy photos and images and video uh, that we saw of Kyle Larson flipping down the backstretch. Um, Fox did not do a great job of covering that wreck and the race as a whole, but I'll withhold some judgment for now on that. So that's what happened on the white flag. Caution comes out after that, um, and Chase Elliott scored the winner. Uh, the leader at that time, and obviously the winner, comes back to the checkered and caution flags and wins the Geico 500. There was also a wreck earlier on in the race. Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Clint Boyer, and Bubba Wallace were all involved, and it was really straight up Bubba's fault. Uh, he was just trying to make a move on his his boy YRB, Ryan Blaney, and he got loose, and he spun around and collected all those big names. So um, I, I'm not sure if Bubba took the blame for it, but, I mean, it pretty much was his fault, and Kevin Harvick had some choice words for him afterwards. But, um, I, I mean, who can blame him, you know? Just people racing uh, really hard at the start of the race, and his day kind of got taken out from under him before he even got the chance to really get started. So that was the Guy Co. 500 at Talladega Super Speedway. I was not on site this weekend, so I don't have any extra audio to provide you. So a little shorter race recap than usual, but hey, I had to show my love to Brendan Gone. I mean, I'm a big guy. I'd like to say I'm fit, but you know, it's good to see somebody that looks like not an athletic person do athletic things and crazy stuff behind the wheel of a race car. So Brendan Gone, shout out to you, my guy. You deserve it. Time for the main event. My guest this week is Xfinity Series regular for Junior Motorsports, Justin Allgaier. He joins me this week on the show. I only had limited time with him at, at Bristol, but we will do another interview with him. And as I say repeatedly in this, I wish we had more time. But some of the things we talked about was coming off of last season in 2018, his career season statistically, um, what's it going to take to replicate that this season, his relationship with his crew chief for a long time now, Jason Burdett, the new schedule coming out for the Xfinity Series next year, and his nickname that I actually was kind of unaware of, which made for a funny end to this interview. Hope you enjoy it. Take a listen. Justin Allgaier here at Bristol Motor Speedway. You got a nice armor Vienna sausage hat. I got a quick story about you about for you about them. All right, what you got? So I actually won a sweepstakes through them in 2014 to go like all expenses paid to the championship race in Miami through them, and that's when I was a like diehard, huge Kevin Harvick fan, and he won the championship that year. Got to meet him, and it was all thanks to the folks at Armor. So it's so a soft place in my heart. For I them. can imagine that's cool. You know, I'll tell you what's really cool about Armor is. What they do for the sport and, and the effort that they put in is really is really second to none. And, yeah. and to be, um, you know, to I feel like for for you know their business model, what NASCAR brings brings to the table for them and and in the, the fans that we have, you know, we we all know that NASCAR fans are passionate about it, and and it's cool that that they give back too. So for you to have that experience, that's something that you're never gonna forget. Yeah. And it's cool that they're able to, to kind of make those things happen. So Absolutely. Definitely fun to to be able to rep the Armor brand this week. Um, you know, I've already had a lot of people wanting to know if I have any cans of Vienna sausages to give them. So you don't carry uh, them in your pocket all the time. I don't. We have some in the hauler here, but uh, uh, I don't carry any in my pocket. Maybe you should do that next time they're on the. Car. I should. I should put them in my pocket and just throw yeah. them out. It'll, it'll work out. So, Justin, you're coming off of a career season last year in 2018. This is your fourth straight year with Junior Motorsports. Um, I'm just curious. I mean. What's the expectations for this year? Is it at the point where if it's no championship, 
it's a failure of a season, if you don't get to the Final Four, is that a failure? Because you're an incredible driver and you're with one of the best teams, if not the best team, in the Xfinity Series. So where are the expectations for this year? Well, I think that's hard because last year, you know, we didn't know what to expect. We had a great season. We won five races. We did all the things right that you can do. And, and to be honest with you, when you look back on last year, it hurts because, you know, we didn't make the Final Four. We didn't win a championship. Do I think that uh, today I can stand here and tell you that if we don't win a championship, it's a failure? No, I, I can't say that because there's too many talented race car drivers and teams right now in this sport. Uh, but what I will say is, do I think we have a great shot as a company at Junior Motorsports to, to at least put one or two or three cars into that Final Four at home? Why not four? Yeah, I, I think we I think <laughs> we can. And, and yeah. so for us, um, you know, it, it's just a matter of being in the right place at the right time. Execution. I say execution a lot when it comes to the sport, but but execution True. is so important. You you look at how many how many baseball games come down to the ninth inning. How many basketball games come down to the final few seconds? How many football games come down to that last play, right? And for us in NASCAR, that's that's our green white checker. That's our that's our last pit stop. That's you know the the effort that we put in at the end of the race when everybody's tired, when everybody's down. The effort that you put in there is the difference maker for for winning races and winning championships, and and really just being another car on the racetrack that that's making laps. So, you know, for me, I say execution a lot, but that's that's really what it's all about. So this is your third straight season with Jason Burdett atop the pit box. You talked about consistency before, especially with the crew chief calling the shots week after week, working with him day to day, talking about stuff away from the racetrack, at the racetrack consistency especially atop the pit box with the driver and a crew chief is very key how's your relationship with jason been oh it's been great you know jason and i um we get along really well we're, we're great for each other because jason's really calm and doesn't really get too excited and and i'm the exact opposite i'm i'm really high strung uh i drink a lot of caffeine in a day so that that probably doesn't help okay. but but actually caffeine makes me normal if that makes sense so yeah. i probably have add and i was just never diagnosed and put on medicine for it is, <laughs> the, is the real answer um, but you know, for me, the relationship that we have, you know, his son races, uh, outlaw cards and quarter midgets, which is how I grew up racing. We have a lot of similarities, um, and, and a lot of common interests outside of racing, which I think, you know, a lot of times you don't have that, you know, especially when you have a uh, very engineering based crew chief and maybe a driver that, that has no engineering background, which, which happens a lot in this sport, right. you tend to not have things to talk about outside of these four walls of, of being here in the hall or being you know out of the race car so for us we get along really well but but we also run well together you know we're, we're able to kind of feed off of each other's energy and and uh i feel like when i say what i need you know he's he's a guy that is really able to kind of decipher what i'm saying you know because every driver's got a different lingo yeah we all say things differently we all have different levels of you know if i'm loose well that might be a five out of ten uh, but if you say that you're loose you might you might really mean that it's a two out of ten so it's just finding that balance. We still struggle. We still have our days where we scratch our head. And, uh, you know, we went to lunch a couple of weeks ago after one of the races because we just we had to sit down and talk about what happened that weekend and, and where the communication broke down, where we failed. But I think that that's the other part of it. You know, I've, I've been I've been married now for almost 13 years to my wife, Ashley, and and uh, actually just over 13 years now. And, uh, you know, for us, communication, you know, is, is so important in anything and, and anything. And so for, for us, you know, we've we've gotten into a rhythm of like. Hey, if we got an issue, we talk about it. And the worst thing you can do is let something fester. And with Jason and I, it's funny because you have a lot of that same relationship. If we don't talk about it and we just go to the next racetrack and we just do things the way we've been doing them and you you, you never bring it up, after a while it becomes this big blow up. And you, you don't even know that you're mad at each other, uh, but it becomes this big blow up. And so yeah. that's one of the things that we work really hard on is like, hey, here's all the chips on the table. 
and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't, and, and we're both okay with that. It's been working so far. So far, you. so good, yes. For the last three years, it's been working a-okay. So the 2020 schedule got released for the Cup Series of, of about a week ago at this point when we're recording this, but the Xfinity and the Truck Series schedule got unveiled a couple days ago, and the Xfinity Series is going back to Martinsville. Now, all the Xfinity drivers are saying, wow, I'm so excited to go to Martinsville for the first time. It's nothing new for you, though. You've been there. I've been there. I've run a truck there. I've run a, a Cup Series car there. Probably one of my favorite racetracks on the circuit. Why is that? Um, just because I grew up racing short tracks, and, and it's got a lot of that short track mentality to it of, of, you know, you feel like you're at a Friday night short track. You know, it doesn't feel like you're on the big stage here in, in an NASCAR race. Uh, that that being said, though, you know, I, I, I go to Martinsville a lot and watch, even when we're not running. If we got an off weekend – um, you know, typically the fall race for us is an off weekend. So if I'm home, I go to Martinsville. Yeah. I love going up there and watching the truck races. I went up this year in the spring and I watched, um, the only downside to Martinsville, especially being in the position that it's in, in the, in the playoffs. Don't say hot dogs. Uh, no, not, no, no, not the hot dogs, okay, but, good. uh, the, the, the biggest negative to it is it's really easy to have a driver that has no respect for the competitors around you to really change the outcome of how a day works. Mm -hmm. And that's my only reservation of any of this is that it is the last race before we go to homestead um so that's going to be the difference maker of whether or not we we go to homestead and, and and race that final four so that's my only challenge that being said i'm super pumped that it's on the circuit and uh, you, you know i th i think the changes are good um you know did i expect uh homestead to be in may and and or march or whatever it is did, yeah uh, it's it's one of the m months and then uh you march, know yeah. uh phoenix is or ism raceways at the end of the year like who would have ever thought that? But yeah. on the flip side of that, too, I think that I give NASCAR a lot of credit. You know, I know that in today's day and age with social media and with the instant access that we have to everything, you know, being able to come to a racetrack and spend a weekend, uh, it's a challenge. And, and we know that our fans are extremely passionate about our sport. If they weren't, they wouldn't show up, right? And, and you know, used to be guys and gals would work, you know, five days a week, maybe six Nowadays, uh, you know, people are working seven days a week, and 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 they're 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 doing everything they can to make ends meet. And we we as drivers, we as teams, we as a sanctioning body, we understand that. And when you're spending your hard-earned money, you know, when I go to the racetrack and I spend money, I want number one, I, I want a good show, but I want it to be run well, and I want it to to be, um, you know, on time and do all those things. And and NASCAR has done that for a long time. It's just hard when you when you're in today's day and time uh, to keep fans engage when they're at the racetrack because let's be honest uh i can sit at home i can watch it on tv i can get on social media and i can follow it and so we know we have to do a better job of making sure that that the fans are taken care of and and that's what this really was all about i know i know steve o'donnell was very clear in that um steve phelps is, is backed that up mm -hmm. um they gave a lot of credit to ben kennedy which i think is cool to have yeah. a young guy like myself that that um is in the trenches and, and really digging and, and working for not only the racer but you know his family and and, and nascar so um it's been cool to see kind of the the change of what we've seen so far and i think the schedule change is just one small part of of a bigger change i'm so upset that we're pressed for time because like i said i could talk to you all day about this <laughs> stuff but last question for me um i was unaware of your nickname lil gator yes can you educate me a little bit on that uh so nobody likes to be called little anything right <laughs> but right. um my dad, when he was born, they told my grandfather, they said, Mr. Alligator, you can come in and see your son now. That, okay, so so my amazing. dad was always Gator. <laughs> and uh, we went to the, the ARCA races for many years. My dad worked in the ARCA series and, and sold the tires. And, and so I was going with my dad. And, you know, back then, to be a minor, you had to hold somebody's hand. So my dad would always hold my hand, and we'd walk through the garage area. And one of the, uh, the ARCA um, crew members walked up, and he said, oh, this must be the little Gator you always talk about racing. 
And so it's funny because somebody starts a nickname and one person says it and then randomly it becomes your nickname, oh, yeah. right? Like everybody oh, yeah. finds out about it. So Word spreads quick. Yeah, like super quick. So I became Little Gator almost instantly. And uh, I've carried that proudly because I have a lot of respect for my dad. He's a he's a he's a great businessman, um, extremely great work ethic and, and hard worker. But most importantly, he's a he's a great father and uh, now a grandfather. So so watching him uh, and and how he interacts with my daughter now is, is super cool. So I know um, I'm very lucky in that regard. But I, you know you're always going to be little Gator to your to your dad. I'm okay with that. I was I was going to talk about your daughter. We're running out of time, but now she's littlest Gator. And your dad's big gator, I guess. So, so we called her baby gator for a long time. And when people talk about gators, she always um, she always says – she corrects everybody and says, I'm baby gator. And I, I said, honey, I said, you're getting to be a big girl now. You can't be baby gator anymore. And she said, well, you're a little gator, so I have to be baby gator. She so knows. she knows. She so knows. So she'll always be baby gator. Justin, we'll have to do some more next time. But thanks so much for taking some time. Absolutely. Buddy. Thank you. There you have it, party people. My conversation with Justin Allgaier, really cool guy, one of the most well-spoken guys in NASCAR. I think he definitely has a career waiting for him on radio or in television when he steps steps out from behind the wheel. All right, let's look ahead to Dover International Speedway, the Monster Mile, and South Boston Speedway. Let's talk Dover first, the Gander RV 400, scheduled to go this Sunday. Hopefully the rain holds off. 400 laps, 400 miles, green flag set for a little after 2 p.m., Kevin Harvick is the defending winner of this event. Trucks and Xfinity also in action. The first time that the Gander Outdoors Truck Series is back in a month, I believe, which is crazy. I, I, I say time after time that I hate the Truck Series schedule. And in 2021, hopefully we can overhaul it to have less of these crazy, crazy gaps in between. Storylines coming in. Kyle Busch's top 10 streak is at 10. And there has only been four drivers ever that have gone 10 races to start a year with top 10 finishes, and he's in pretty good company. Morgan Shepard was the last one to do it uh, 20 years ago in 1999. He has 12 in a row dating back to last season, as I mentioned when we were recapping Talladega. And he's got a solid record here at Dover, too. Three cup wins. And this stat, I believe it's correct. I got it in the release. He has four second-place finishes in four years. So in half the races the past four years, he's finished second. Not too bad, if you ask me. Kyle Busch, furthermore, showing how he is the guy, the most dominant driver in the NASCAR Cup Series right now. Chase Elliott has a 4.3 average finish at the Monster Mile. He's the best current driver to have the best average finish at Dover, and he's coming off a Talladega win. Maybe he can make it two in a row. He won the last time the Cup Series was here at Dover in the playoffs. Harvick led 487 of the 800 laps last year run at the Monster Mile. And he has four fourth-place finishes in 2019. He's had some bad luck at Daytona and Talladega. And the speed for the number four has not been there as we've been accustomed to. But if there's a place where they can probably turn it around, I think Dover is probably high up on that list. Martin Truex Jr.'s home track, and we we laugh about that in the NASCAR world because he has like 20. But this is kind of the real home track. He got his first career win here in 2007. I was there to witness that in the DEI number one Chevrolet. Jimmy Johnson, obviously this is his best track to statistically, easy for me to say. Um, I, I don't think he's going to challenge for the win here. I mean, let's not get carried away. But I think he could challenge for a top five, and I think top ten's not out of the question at all. Um, and, I mean, it's it's kind of like little, little wins for that number 48 team right now. They're obviously not on the level of Penske and Gibbs. But Chase Elliott showed that he's got speed, and he can win last year, and he did it last weekend. So you never know. Not out of the question. 
Xfinity time, Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, Chase Briscoe, and Greg Galding are the four Dash for Cash participants for Dover. Let's hear from Tyler Reddick as he won the uh, Xfinity race at Talladega last week with a beaten and battered right side of the race car. And uh, w- when this is out, you'll probably be able to check out um, a column that I wrote for frontstretch.com, Fire on Fridays. I talked about how Tyler Reddick is probably one of, if not the most underappreciated, maybe disrespected drivers in NASCAR right now. Because statistically, you look at him compared to Christopher Bell and some of these other guys in Xfinity that are being talked about as the next stars of Cup, he's right there with them. Yeah, you know, it was just a wild day. Like you said, we we had a great car. The day started off great. We do we were doing everything we needed to do as a team. Um, I had a hiccup on pit road. We lost a couple spots from there. Uh, we had a speeding penalty. The 10 and I were going down pit road, and I think Ross um, and, and those guys may miss, maybe missed the – their, their speed limit a little bit. So he was pushing me thinking he was running his speed limit, but it, we were we were speeding and I was trying to slow slow us both down. But that, that hiccup put us back, and I, I don't know what happened. I, I like running close to the wall, and I just ran into it. I don't understand it. But where I hit it, there's a plate that connects like two segments of walls or something like that. I think they have a gate there, uh, and it really killed the right side of our car, uh, and it was coming apart there towards the end of that second stage, but we were fortunately able to still st- score stage points, come down, and then go to work on fixing it and then as as you alluded to the day kept getting crazier uh, as we were working on it uh it took us longer than planned we came out way behind the leaders and we were two laps from getting lapped and we somehow got lucky a caution came out and saved us and threw us right back in the mix and i talked about gray galding he finished second in the number 08 ss green light racing uh entry last weekend that was crazy i actually did not tweet this beforehand but i had a gut feeling i was like you know I think Greg Galding actually might win this race. I, I swear to God, like swear on everything I know, but I didn't do it because I didn't want to look dumb. So that's Xfinity. Trucks is going to be great as always uh, whenever the trucks hit the track, especially at Dover. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing them. Hopefully I'll be able to watch it. Uh, I'm going to be traveling to South Boston Speedway this weekend as we can now lead into that preview of the HoosierDriver.org Twin 100s at Sobo. Events 3 and 4 of 2019 for the k Pro Series East. So it's twin 100 races, 100 laps, two races on Saturday night. First one scheduled to go green around 7 p.m. And then the second one, hopefully around 9, 930, uh, time dependent, of course. Tyler Ankrum and Anthony Alfredo, they won the races last year. Um, and Chase Caber, he he had a really sporty vehicle last year. And I did an Instagram Live on the NASCAR Home Tracks page with Rev Racing, Ruben Garcia Jr., Nick Sanchez, who's making his debut, and Chase Caber. And I asked him about it. I'm like, hey, I mean, does this give you any extra incentive and motivation to go back this year and kind of finish what you started and what you had right in your grasp last year? And he was like, yeah, no doubt. South Boston is one of my favorite tracks. And I also wrote a feature on him this week. You can check it out on NASCARHometracks.com. Colin Garrett, driver the number 18, Sam Hunt Racing Chevrolet. This is his home track. He has a track championship and a late model here at South Boston. Matt McLaughlin in the one, Mason Diaz, Drew Dollar, Tanner Gray, Derek Krause, Haley Deegan, Travis Milburn. All of those drivers will be making their first career starts at South Boston. And those last three I mentioned, Derek Krause, Haley Deegan, and Travis Milburn, three K&M Pro Series West regulars, making the trip out east to compete at South Boston. And also some late additions to the entry list, John Wood and Ron Jay coming up from out west. So we're going to have five West Coasters interloping with the East Coast guys. Like I said, the action on Saturday night around 7 p.m. Fanschoice.tv has got you covered. It's free to watch. 
You can also follow along with me on Twitter at Davy Center, uh, my Instagram at Davy underscore the man, two ends underscore four. Um, and you can also just be uh, in touch with us at NASCAR Home Track on Twitter. That's where we will have all the information coming with you. And I'm planning on driving from South Boston to Dover, which I thought was going to be like two hours. Turns out it's like five and a half. Uh, so yikes. But I'm planning on doing that early AF Sunday morning. So pray for me that one, I make it there safe, and two, that the rain holds off from South Boston on Saturday so I can make it to, to Dover on Sunday for the cup race. It's going to be a fun weekend of racing, hopefully a dry weekend of racing. Pray for that. Lock nuts of the week. Cue the music. I teased it off the top. NASCAR has returned to single car qualifying. All three national series at all tracks besides road courses. So at tracks measuring 1.25 miles in length or less, so a mile and a quarter, qualifying is going to have two time laps. But any track that's more than one and a quarter miles, qualifying is going to have one time lap. So you have your warm up, then your time lap, then you're done. Scott Miller, NASCAR's... Uh, uh, NASCAR's VP of competition, he he said that he basically anticipates it being around one hour, the qualifying session, with two-minute breaks, uh, three of those interloped within the session. And he was on a conference call with reporters, and he spoke about the change and kind of the reasoning behind it now. Uh, it came at this point because it's as good a point as any, honestly. We have to, uh, you know, we kind of, we landed on where we wanted to be, and there wasn't, there wasn't really... Uh, we, we talked about a whole lot of other things, but nothing really jumped out as something that would work for us over the long haul, except for this. So once we once we landed on that decision and kind of went through all the particulars with the broadcast partners and everybody else involved, uh, there wasn't any reason to wait. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about, you know, single car qualifying versus group qualifying. I think it kind of came to a head at Auto Club where you saw all these drivers waiting at the end of pit road, kind of playing chicken with one each other, with one another, I should say, and then none of them made it back to the uh, start-finish line to get a time lap, so that was interesting. Joey Logano, 2018 Cup Series champ, he visited the White House at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue on Tuesday. I was fortunate enough to get to go there. There was a lot of waiting around at the White House. Um, it was a very tiring, hot, long day. But I'm glad I went. Very, very cool experience to be at the White House and NASCAR there as well. You can check out my recap video on my Facebook page and on my Twitter. Tyler Reddick will compete in the cup race next weekend at Kansas in the number 31 for Richard Childress Racing. Greg Galding, he's secured some sponsorship for this weekend. That's good because he's a Dash for Cash competitor. It's going to be Worldwide Safety Consulting as the primary sponsor on his number eight Chevrolet for SS Greenlight Racing. He will also have some support from Main and Tail and Panini. Austin Wayne's self-suspension has been lifted after he completed the Road to Recovery program. And I, I find this pretty funny. So he was suspended and he didn't even miss a single race. <laughs> That's just how messed up the truck schedule is. NASCAR fined Danny Stockman $25,000, who's the crew chief for Austin Dillon. They suspended car chief Gregory Ebert one race and docked the team and Austin Dillon 10 points each for a violation this past weekend at Dega. They had the rear deck lid confiscated over the weekend. That is a big, big no-no. Kyle Benjamin is going to race seven times for Nice Motorsports in the truck series this year in the 45 vehicle. Texas, Iowa, Gateway, Pocono, Michigan, Canadian Tire Motorsports Park, and to close out the season at Homestead. Going to be cool to see a guy who's had some experience in the Xfinity Series with really good equipment in JGR 
see what he can do in the truck series. Dover is going to overhaul their garage area after this cup weekend. A $5.5 million project is expected to be ready for the fall race weekend. And Dale Jr. is going to pay homage to Pops at Darlington in his Xfinity race later this season. It's a throwback weekend, and he's going to be driving a number eight car driven by Dale Earnhardt in his cup debut in 1975 on May 25th. He drove that car at Charlotte. Uh, it's really cool design. It's baby blue with some yellow mixed in. Hellman's is the sponsor on that vehicle. Pretty dope vehicle, if I do say so myself. All right, folks, that'll wrap things up for episode nine of Victory Lane 2.0. Dega was fun. Dover will also be fun. Hopefully dry. And South Boston, hopefully dry. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Justin Allgaier. Don't worry, we will do it all again next week. How does that sound? Sounds pretty good to me. While you're at it, please go ahead, leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It would mean a lot to me. I see you guys writing some reviews. I got 15 right now, so it would be a lot, mean a lot to me if we can get to maybe 20 by the next podcast when it drops, Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. We're also on SoundCloud. Peace and love, my hombres. I'll uh, we'll talk to you guys next week as we recap Dover and South Boston. Stay good.